This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Television program. Also, those that are listening by radio, shortwaves, our social media uh, platforms, welcome. Last week, I spoke on understanding the times of change with a strategy for victory. Now, if you weren't here last week, uh, you didn't see my program last week, uh, you can go to my website, www.worldministries.org, and you can watch it there. You can also see the different channels I'm on, uh, stations I'm on, social platforms I'm on, and it's already on those various venues. Now, understanding the times have changed with a strategy for victory. Again, I mentioned that uh, people don't like change. Change is not what people like to do. They like, they like their routine. But if we want victory, we've got to be willing to understand the seasons of change. Now, I'm going to speak today on the season of bondage and deliverance. The season of bondage and deliverance. This is a live audience out of our World Ministries International Campus Chapel, College Chapel. Now, understanding the times, the seasons of change could give you a strategy for a victory. Example, a coach could see that the opposing team is consistently running over his right guard to sack his quarterback. Understanding this problem alone doesn't help the coach make, unless he makes some changes. Just because you, you see it happening, you understand it's happening. If you don't make changes, that doesn't help you. You just watch the slaughter. A person needs not only understanding, but wisdom to implement action to bring about changes, thus victory. Ecclesiastes 3.1 Everything has its time. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Psalm 31, 14 through 15 but as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. I think the key word is trust. I trust in you. It means rely, obey. Note the key for peace and victory is understanding there is a seasons in life we all must go through. There's a beginning and an end to the season. Seasons are set in motion by God himself and every season has a duration. The joy in the middle of the storm is to realize God is there and using the season in your life to help you grow and possibly make changes. You know, the storm. Middle of the storm. Jesus was calm. He was sleeping. He knew God was in control. But boy, the disciples weren't calm. For peace and victory through this temporary season is to put one's trust in the Lord that he will bring us through whatever season we're going through. That what he plans for us is not evil. God doesn't plan evil. The Satan does. He's the author of evil, disease, death. But God plans good. And we need to learn the lessons 
of that particular season so we can come out of it in victory. Genesis 15.4 And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge. Afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. Okay, prophetically, it was warned literally over 400 years. God warned Abraham what would happen to his people in the future. The purpose of God through the season he is orchestrating us through will be fulfilled when we understand the season we are in and trust in him to give direction to lead us. As we trust in him, as Moses did, to lead his people to the sea with no escape, yet Moses understood it was God who was leading him and would surely provide a way of escape and victory. You know, these lessons are taught, they're taught, they're preached. Yet a lot of times there is really no comprehension. We cannot ascertain and put it into our own lifestyle. Can we let God lead us no matter how crazy it looks? Most people, you can't. You make your own rationalization, you make decisions, and some, sometimes it's just flat against the leading of the Holy Spirit, and so you continue in that bad season. Because God wanted to give you a miracle, but you didn't want the miracle. You wanted to work it out in your own mind. Miracles are supernatural. They're crazy in your own mind. They're crazy. Leading them to the Red Sea. No escape. Pharaoh coming. Going to slaughter them. The people were ready to kill Moses. Because they were carnal. The miracle happened. God took them out of the season of bondage into freedom because Moses knew how to be led by the Spirit of God. He escaped that season of bondage in Egypt and went through the sea. The miracle. Because he trusted and he could be led by God. See, this is something we can say, amen, amen, but can we do it? God wants us to do it. Sometimes we're in a season longer than we need to because we try to understand it in our mind. And we don't really, all of a sudden, you know, God, I know what God wants, but I can't do that. Well, when you try to work it out yourself, you stay in that season longer. God will provide a way of escape. Moses knew that. I mean, Moses just went... God used him to bring the ten plagues. Now, sure, God also had to develop him 40 years in the wilderness to bring him to the point he could trust in God. 40 years of dealing with Moses' flesh. So Moses was in a season of the wilderness for 40 years. It's a long time. But through it all, the people would learn to trust in the Lord. Like Andre Crouch, the black gospel singer. Some of you might know that name. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. But through it all, through it all, I learned to trust in Jesus. I learned to trust in God. I learned to depend upon his word. I remember listening to that song as I drove to Southern California. At that time, it was uh, 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 Southern California Bible College. Now it's Vanguard University. But I remember listening to an eight-track uh, by Andre Crouch. I learned to trust in Jesus. I learned to trust in God. An eight-track. Some of you, you know, those are obsolete. And unless you're close to my age, you don't know what an eight-track is. Right. Some of you are smiling because you know. And I, I thought, you know, I, I thought, wow, I'm on the cutting edge of this music. Andre Crouch is pretty, pretty lively. But we had livelier music and worship today. 
So, I mean, uh, but at that time, he was on the cutting edge. And some people, oh, my goodness, you know. Man, you don't move out of your season of just dead weight, you're going to sink. Hello. <laughs> Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those that bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Note, Abraham obeyed and entered into the seasons of God. Obedience to the divine word of the Lord guarantees our prosperity, protection, and victory. Change is never easy. People don't like to change. Abraham had to leave all, not even knowing where he was going. Think about that. I'm looking around, the men in this room, you know, men are the providers and da-da-da-da. And say you had a, a career job for 25 years. And God said, leave it. Go, go where? Just go. And I'll lead you along the way. I'm telling you, most men wouldn't do that. Wouldn't do it. Because your logic would get in the way and you'd never see the seasons of God and what he wanted to lead you in the supernatural because you would stay rooted in in quicksand. Are we there? I remember giving up my career in law enforcement to going to Singapore with no guarantee of a car, a job, nothing. But I went. And God continued to open up the doors around the world to this day. Genesis 12, 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And then he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Note. If you understand that all seasons have a beginning and an ending that God is leading us to our ultimate destiny and victory, we can have peace in the middle of the storm. We can learn to trust in the Lord to give us direction so we can navigate through this season in our life. Take advantage of time and season you find yourself in to listen to God and make changes if he leads you in another direction. The children have Israel had the trust in the Lord and follow the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night to be led through the wilderness. If they would not move from Mount Sinai, they would die. If they would not follow Moses out of Egypt, they would die. They were already had 400 years in that season of bondage and slavery. And when Moses led him to the Red Sea, he just about had a mutiny. The same people wanted to go back to that old season. All these promises of God kept Abraham going and looking ahead for different seasons. Abraham had to walk through the different seasons in his life, trusting in the Lord to see the promises of God come to pass. It wasn't easy as he faced many challenges, including his wife, Sarah, being barren. Yet Abraham continued to be led by the Lord. And not only did Abraham, did God lead him to Egypt to escape starvation, but his miracle son Isaac was born. Yes, it wasn't just Jacob, but God led Abraham to Egypt to avoid starvation. Now that was over 400 years prior to the people of Israel, God being in bondage for 400 years. 
Genesis 12, 10 through 20. And there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. And it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt that he said to Sarah, his wife, Indeed, I know that you're a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say you're my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, and that I may live because of you. You see, Abraham wasn't perfect, which should help us all. He's known as the father of faith. Yet there was a few times of little faith, or not perfect faith. So it was when Abraham came into Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman that she was very beautiful. Princesses of Pharaoh also saw her and commanded her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house, and he treated Abraham well for her sake. And he had sheep, ox, male donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys, and camels. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. And Ab uh, Pharaoh called Abraham and said, what is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me this is your wife? Why did you say she's your sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now, therefore, here's your wife. Take her and go. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away and his wife with all that he had. Note, Abraham had to endure many hardships and challenges during this season of change, including his wife being taken from him and returned to him because of God's grace. Abraham's faith was tested, and even though Abraham failed at times, still Abraham continued to look to the Lord for direction protection, and ultimate victory. That is a key. We might fail, but we need to continue to look to the Lord. We might say, God, forgive me, help me. But we continue to look to the Lord. We don't just quit. Abraham kept the divine promise of God that he would be a father of nations, too numerous as the sands and the stars. He kept that in his mind. Genesis 15, 7 through 21. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two, down the middle, and placed each piece opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abraham, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs. And they will serve them, and they will afflict them for 400 years. God's telling Abraham what's going to happen to his future descendants. And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge but afterward, they will come out with great possessions. Now, as for you, you should go to your fathers in peace. You'll be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall return here for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. The cup of iniquity. God deals with every nation. As the cup of iniquity becomes full, it is judged. You say, why isn't this nation destroyed yet? God's cup of iniquity for each nation. It came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch 
that passed between the two pieces. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenansites, the Kenmanites, the Hittites, the Pezizites, the Rephim, the Ammonites, the Can Canaanites, the Jebusites, and other sites. Abraham continued to live life until he died at a good old age, as the Lord promised. His son Isaac came into being and lived his life and died. Isaac, too, had his challenges in different seasons of life. And like a generational curse, he also failed God like Abraham did, telling Ambibelech, king of the Philistines, that his wife Rebekah was his sister. Genesis 26, 9. Fathers, you better break the curse. If you're stubborn, your kid is stubborn. If you're a liar, your kid is a liar. We can go on and on. Break the curse. But also his father Abraham did. Isaac continued to keep his eyes on the promise of God for what would become the nation of Israel. Jacob followed Isaac as a patriarch, led his family, the people of Israel, to Egypt where they lived, prospered, and finally became slaves in bondage. So all of these patriarchs kept their eyes on what God had said. We're keeping our eyes on what God has said. We didn't write the book of Revelation, but we believe in it, and our eyes are on it. We know what's going to happen, and we're living for the time when Jesus comes back, removes evil governments, put righteous leaders in, and we will rule and reign with him. That's what we're looking forward to. We don't care about woke. We don't care about BLM. We don't care about Antifa. We don't care about Biden. We're looking forward to that day when the Lord returns and we win. Amen? Amen. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yes. And I keep my eyes on that mark and I keep fighting. Just like the song said, we're in war. Yeah. And there's no turning back. Jacob followed Isaac as a patriarch, led his family, the people of Israel to Egypt where they lived, prospered, and finally became slaves in bondage. The Israelites had to obey God, ending a season in one location, and they migrated to Egypt in search of trade to escape hunger. The options, as mentioned earlier, is move with the season of God or fail, go bankrupt, and die. Those are your options. We move with the seasons of God or we fail, and whatever we're doing, we fail. Or we go bankrupt, we die. Many people refuse to understand the times of change or they refuse to trust in God when they know God wants them to move in a different season in their life, like Lot's wife, and they suffer fail, become a victim, and at times die. The people in Noah's time were not sensitive to the seasons in their life orchestrated by God, and they failed to prepare, get into the ark, and they drowned. The Christians and Jews in Germany who didn't recognize the season of their life was over in Germany during Hitler's rise to power eventually lost their country and many of them their lives. They could have stopped his rise to power as we are trying to stop the insanity Biden is doing, trying to topple the republic, move us into a new world order. We're trying to stop it. I hope everyone's trying to stop it. That's what eagle saving nations are for. The third person of the Trinity, the Pentecost. So we are fearless to speak the truth and not run like cowards like they did in most did in Germany, just watched it happen and did nothing until they were arrested and killed. And that's what's going to happen here if we don't understand this. We don't understand the season we're in of mercy and grace to rise up and stop it. They fail to take action to stop Hitler's dictatorial 
change in their constitution, etc., and they failed to leave the country, and they had time to do it. Instead, they became victims. Now, many Jews did do it. They left. Others stayed and died in concentration camps. They failed to leave the country. Instead of understanding the times of change with a strategy for survival, prosperity, and victory, they lost their freedoms, property, and lives. 11 million Christians, 6 million Jews, were killed by Hitler's demonic policies and henchmen. These people thought they were Germans, not realizing how cruel and inhuman their fellow Germans could be under evil leadership. They became slaves to death. No, we're going to be okay. We're Germans. But you're also Jews. You had a demonic leader that wanted to kill the Jews. You didn't understand your season. You didn't understand prophecy. You weren't being led by God. Sometimes we go through seasons because of the sins of our predecessors or the answer to prayers made by someone before we were ever born. The Hebrews were in slavery and bonded in Egypt for over 400 years. Probably most of the people had no clue why they were going through this horrible season. And neither could they control it now. All they could do was to look to the Lord and cry and repent for their sins, hoping God would hear their prayers, forgive them, and deliver them from the inflictions they were suffering under the hands of the Egyptians. Exodus 3, 7 through 8, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up from the land of, to a land of good, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Persites, and the Hevites, the Jebusites. See, finally, people remembered and they started to repent and look to God for their salvation. Why didn't other people do it? Did they have to... Go through all of this season. If we don't look to God, if we don't remember what God says, we go through the season until we remember or we die. A lot of generations died. It is not stated why it took 400 years for the people to repent and cry out to God. There were different pharaohs during those years and whether they were too comfortable during most of that time for the people to want to change seasons and move into the promises of God that God had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, their forefathers, is unclear. Egypt was a land of wickedness, riches, idolatry, covetousness, oppression, cruelty, worldly security, and fleshly lust. It was a land of idolatry and many gods. The Hebrews seemed too comfortable to cry out to God in repentance and willing to follow God's direction in another season or change before these 400 years. They seemed too comfortable. Even though they were slaves, they were still comfortable. Even after they left Egypt following Moses, several times they complained and stated wishing they were back in Egypt where there was food to eat, etc. So possibly it took all these years for the people to be willing to follow a season of change. Sometimes when we're too comfortable, we won't change. Even though they're not in good conditions, they still wouldn't change because they still had food. Even when God delivered them, some wanted to go back when things got tough. It's better under the Egyptians. At least we can eat. At least we have straw. Who cares if I'm a slave? They didn't know how to be free. They didn't know how to have victory. They didn't know how to have prosperity. They did not know how to trust in God. Romans 7:15. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will do, that I do not practice. For what I hate, that I do. 
Man is either a slave to sin or Christ. Men submit their wills to anything or anybody that enslaves them, whether it is alcohol, drugs, nicotine, food, sex, etc. Our DNA is designed to serve. We either serve God or we serve somebody or something else, which is rebellion against God. The Egyptians and the Romans served a myriad of gods, including engaging in all forms of debauchery to please themselves. When we resist or run away from God, we, our need to serve is just misdirected, and we serve harsher masters like pride, hate, selfishness, greed, deception, and indulgences that enslave us and rob us of life. Until we finally submit ourselves to God, as Romans seven fifteen explained, we cannot serve God as we are already serving another taskmaster and we are already a slave under bondage to other addictions that won't be broken until we understand the times of change and the need for it and have a strategy meaning to receive victory. We have to finally be fed up and have a strategy. Okay, we're, we're leaving this thing. We're going into victory. I want to change. Because they did not recognize the seasons of change, the Hebrews suffered economic slavery. Exodus 1, 11 through 14. God is a God of justice, and we can move into a different direction if we repent and call upon God to deliver us into a season of victory. Call on God. Move into your season. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.